Kohe Iki Penda. This audio battle brought to you by My Soundelve, a tabletop RPG mobile app built for players and GMs. Download now in the app stores. Now this I can handle! Hello and welcome to 19 Hits the Dragon, the podcast of Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop RPGs, and nerd culture in general. I'm your host, Mike Daniel. Uh, and today I'm joined by another special guest here. I have uh, Christian uh, Borchert. I'm sorry, Christian, am I saying that correctly? Borchet. Borchet. Ah, French there, giving all the, uh, the extra teas away to those people who need them. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us here. Christian uh, has a wonderful app called My Sound Delve. Um, they, uh, he's going to be talking to us today a little bit about uh, player engagement. But uh, Christian, why don't you, you know, tell myself and tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, who you are and kind of what brings you onto the show today? Thanks, Mike. I appreciate your uh, your having me on the show and. So I was introduced to Dungeons & Dragons in the mid-80s in high school, like many folks uh, enter at that golden age, and played it a lot in Scouts, and mm. then went away to college and didn't really invest much time in it, uh, and then I went away overseas for a while, teaching English in Japan for a few years. Oh, Awesome. Came back and a colleague of mine who was doing some consulting work for my father's firm was a dungeon master and brought me back into that. So that was around 2003. And uh, I'll get into a little bit of, of engagement, which is our topic today, through my experience with that dungeon master and how mm -hmm. he mentored me into being the dungeon master that I am today. So I'm the father of two. Uh, my day job, I, I do sales for um, a company that, that does healthcare transactions. Mm. Super boring stuff. <laughs> but at night, I do sound engineering. And uh, and last November, we had launched, and I say we, as a, it's an independent uh, project. My wife and I took the COVID year and said, okay, let's do something that I've got some passion for, mm -hmm. which is also part of the engagement of, of players, and I'll, I'll share with you a little bit about that that transition of history, right? Uh, as I got back into the game, got mm -hmm. really invested uh, in it, and wanted to really uh, combat those struggles that a lot of game masters have with scheduling challenges with their, with their players, and and so that's that's kind of the whole the whole gist of today's uh, mm -hmm. topic. So. That's that's my, my my day job, my night job, and uh, and and who I am as a, as a, a person. <laughs> I live in Central New York, and so you know we've got a long winters, and so mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons has really really helped <laughs> that even pre COVID uh, with yeah, with, with sure. deal, dealing with you know just the weather challenges. 
Yeah, absolutely. Here in, in Chicago, we have some nice long winters as well. And it's definitely made uh, made that experience a lot more pleasurable being able to, you know, gather my friends together. Um, it, you know, when it's cold outside, we can all be warm around the table or, you know, nowadays we are um, able to connect virtually uh, to be able to uh, to play. Um, I guess I did some before that virtually as well, but uh, you, you get my meaning there. Um sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and something that, you know, really stood out to me from what you said there is that this uh, the DM that you had when you came back to the States uh, was the one that sort of mentored you and, and uh, you know, made you into the dungeon master that you are today. And I think there's, you know, a really great lesson there for everybody uh, is that, you know, no one starts out as a perfect DM, right? Like we mm. all have to learn. We learn from each other. We learn from our DMs or GMs. Um, and we learn from the community as well. And that's, that's really the purpose of this whole show here is to impart the knowledge and wisdom that I, in my years and all of my, uh, my guests and their years of experience, uh, have learned as well. So yeah, thanks for coming on. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, some, some conversations today about, you know, how to do just that, how to keep, uh, keep players in, involved and, and engaged, uh, in, in the stories and the games that you're playing there. Um, and I, I don't know about you, Christian, but when I uh, sat down to, you know, think about this episode and the conversation we're going to be having today, when it when it comes to player engagement, I've always found that there are sort of three like branches to that, and we can kind of parse those out um, as we're talking here. But the uh, the types of engagement that you are looking for from your players sort of fit into these three categories and then, you know, really open up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is to me is like player to player engagement, the uh, engagement that the party has and the players have amongst themselves in the table, um, player to their own character being involved and invested in this character that they're playing in the tabletop RPG, you know, whether that be D&D or you know, cyberpunk or whatever it is that you and your friends are sitting down to play. Um, you know, it's it's always much more fun when you as a player or when your players as a DM are invested in their own characters, right? Um, and then the last one that kind of sums up all of that is the player to game engagement. You want them to be in- involved and engaged in the story that you're telling in the sessions as they're happening um, and, and so forth there as well. So I don't know. How, how do you feel about those sort of uh, subtopics of, of player engagement? Is there anything that you feel is missing from, from that list there, Christian? Or, um, Well, that's interesting. <clears throat> the three things that I think that, that you're bringing up is engaging players kind of in brackets around the game play those mm-hmm. sessions that are going on mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm coming to you uh, with a, I think a wider topic okay so, yeah we can talk about those those three dynamics within the game sessions but how do you have a healthy gaming session mm. it, it's a lot of investment outside of game so oh, sure. right so so Communication is kind of like those three pillars right there is is player to player communication, player to character, meaning like I'm communicating as a player or or I'm computing as my character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm also, you know, communicating within that framework of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, though, 
there's scheduling conflicts. There is, all right, all of these dynamics of life outside of this wonderful fantasy world, uh, whatever system you're playing, and there's en- there's engagement there as well. So, so mm-hmm. how do you engage your group? So it's a group dynamic uh, that I want to talk about as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's definitely a, a nice um, sort of that, that puts the circle around all of those uh, those categories that that I listed out there. Absolutely, is yeah. That, so that dynamic in session and out of session, absolutely. kind of yeah. kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so I, I know you mentioned that uh, you wanted to kind of talk about this process of uh, your group uh, personally. I, I guess you, you had mentioned when we talked previously that um, you were playing very infrequently uh, as, a, as it started up. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that and how you kind of used yeah. that experience to, to build on and, and, you know, get a little bit of a more regular game session. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I, I, I wish I could remember who, who just recently um, uh, posted this on Twitter, but it's like, what was the longest session you've ever played? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people put in there, you know, like, you know, five years, one year, whatever. And Mm. my big joke is it took my group 10 years to finish one module. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Laugh, because it's really it's really funny Uh, because we we played a lot of time (laughs) twice a year. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So we played twice a year and. It was a, a dungeon master who I refer to, and, and I'll tell him to his face, right? Because I call him a kabuki dungeon master. If you mm. and if you're familiar with Japanese theater at all, mm-hmm. it is it's an interesting art form, but it is really slow. It's it's slow motion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it was always just because of scheduling conflicts, and it was because that dungeon master is. And not all lawyers are like this, but he's he's a lawyer, mm-hmm. and there was uh, his. We play with his brother, and they would kind of go back and forth on rules. Well, on page such and such, it was uh, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I'd sit back and I would just let the, you know. Oh my god, really? Yeah, um, those classic was, rules lawyer debates yeah, between it was very player painful. and GM for sure. It was very very painful. I I, I love love those guys um, mm-hmm. very very much, and. Um, but I've, I left that group because after 10 years, um, I was ready. And, and actually, I think it was year seven. I had branched out on my own because, okay. a, a, I wanted to play more frequent. And mm-hmm. then, B, I wanted to lead a different group of folks, uh, you know, some friends from college that I had reconnected with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I did that. And uh so I, I, I kind of learned, it's kind of like when you grow up with your parents, right? And you become a parent yourself. What are the right. things that your parents did well? What are the things that you kind of were, were complaining about or you, you think you could do better? It's, mm-hmm. the same, it's the same thing with any kind of, you know, mentor, uh, you know, uh, mentee relationship. And mm-hmm. so I, sure. I took some of the things that that, that that Dungeon Master did well and I think expanded upon it. And some of the things that he didn't do very, he wasn't a great communicator. So mm-hmm. we, you know, oh, well, yeah, like, you know, I, yeah, I'm Catholic, so I'm really good at guilt. Uh, so <laughs> one of the things that I do, right, is I, tr- I try to manipulate in a positive way mm. uh, my, my players to join, right, our sessions. And so there's a few things uh, that, that I did um, 
that I think I think were effective in that, and one of them was branding us. Okay. Yeah. Face- for Facebook sure. is group gr- great at like creating a group, and so mm-hmm. there's a group dynamic. So we call ourselves the Lords and Ladies of the Nerdium. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It's it's a cool. It's a catchy name. Whatever. And so I'm able to use that platform to post events. Hey, we're going to play in such and such. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's I made hats. And so, right, it, it sets <laughs> this, uh, we are group and, mm-hmm. you know, other people are not. And so that's, that's kind of helpful. And the, and the branding, if you will, um, you know, we, we've, we've all enjoyed that. For sure. Yeah. I think just having a, a space that the, uh, the group can communicate uh, together is, is super vital. Absolutely. Um, I know, when I first started with fifth edition was also kind of right about the time that um, discord was becoming a thing. Mm. So I, you know, I had my group that we had all been playing and, you know, I, as the dungeon master had just been like texting everyone or messaging them on Facebook or whatever individually, um, but decided to create a discord server that would just be our gaming server, right? We would all communicate. We could talk about the game. We could, you know, share memes and all kinds of stuff like that. And having that, um, that sort of space that is localized for your group, uh, for your, you know, tabletop RPG friends and, and group there and players, um, and the DM as well. Yeah, absolutely vital. So that way we can, everybody can just be on the same page constantly as far as what's been, uh, been going on. Right. Yes. So. Yes, absolutely. Apologize. That was my Bluetooth speaker going off. Oh, um, yes, no discord discord is absolutely and a great tool for that group identity, group communication, mm-hmm. and um, it, it predates predates me. Uh, I'm still very much a pen and paper guy. I'm still very mm. much a figurine terrain maker, and that mm-hmm. that's part of my my history. Although I am involved in uh, five different uh, Discord uh, server groups. Yeah, excellent, and, and and I think it's you know they provide a really great. Uh, sort of sense of community amongst the the players there and that the Facebook group that you mentioned or a Discord, you know, whatever platform it is mm-hmm. that you're using, having some sort of uh, group, you know, collective uh, you know, platform, yeah, that everybody can sort of be on, all post on, communicate with each other. Uh, you know, I, I as the DM can say like, hey, I'm looking at Sunday to play for everybody. Does four o'clock work for y'all? Like, okay, yeah, we'll get around, you know, get everybody's reaction to that. And if someone is not available or maybe two or three people or whatever from the group can't make it, then everybody knows right away. I don't have to message everyone individually now to say, oh, hey, you know, no game this Sunday or whatever, because such and such can't make it. It's like we all are having this collective conversation together, right? Yeah. You you mentioned a, 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 a potentially deflating statement. I can't make it, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, the way that I have morphed into my sessions is, um, and it, it actually, historically, we would get together because it was twice a year. We'd get together in one of our, one of our group's cabins. Right. So mm-hmm. he, he owns a cabin. And so we would get together and we would basically be there from Friday to Sunday and we would play most of that time. So it was you had to prepare a ton of stuff for mm-hmm. those. Right. You know, 16 hours plus of, of gameplay. 
It's and a it was, marathon of it was uh, a Indian real here. it was a real struggle, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, and so yeah, I mean, of course, we take some breaks or whatever, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Yeah, but it was one of those things where when you when you when you're competing with quality or quantity, mm-hmm. and one of those is 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 more finite than the other one. And for me, it was right quantity. I'm playing two three times a year. Man, do I want the quality high? Right, right. It, but it was rushed and um and, and, and challenged. And so mm-hmm. like how do how do I and, and, and of course we drank, right? So <laughs> of course. So so as so one people, does when you're gathering with your friends in the cafe. Yeah. So yeah. you know, we use a phrase, oh I'm gonna go change my socks, right? And that just means <laughs> I'm gonna go pass out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so they disappear. Okay. So here's a rule that, that, that we started. I started because I'm I'm doing all this prepar- preparation and mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. players are dropping off. Boom, 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 boom. So I have a rule. Two at the table, story moves. Okay, yeah. Now, that makes it somewhat challenging because the, the character sheets are on the table. And so, Mike, you're one of the players, you know, and so is so-and-so. And so mm-hmm. now you're playing three characters and somebody is also playing three. Oh, wow. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and typically that will last through, like, you know, the next combat and then boom, boom. Okay, we'll all change our socks and go to bed. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's uh yeah, it's an interesting concept there. I I you know tend to not have players playing uh their you know other players characters for the most part, but I can understand absolutely in a situation like what you're talking about then, you know, having them sort of continue on while the player is is AFK and you know criti- it's something that critical role does a lot like if you know, Ashley Johnson isn't out for several weeks at a time, but, oh, we need her character here. So, you know, we're going to hand the sheet off to so-and-so for yeah. this session, right? Yeah. And um, I will say everybody agreed on it. So it's not yeah. like, it's not okay. like yeah, it's yeah. a new thing. And and again, I wouldn't take the story super long. It really mm-hmm. just, like, okay, so it goes to like the, the end of the next scene, if you will. Right, right. right. Um, and then the other thing that makes it nice is everybody gets a copy of a PowerPoint that I keep track of. So okay. nobody feels a super amount of pressure to keep detailed notes. Like I don't have mm-hmm. a scribe. Um, and I keep track of uh, you know, what's going on on a, on a given day, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and disseminate that out. And I will also disseminate that out prior to getting together again. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. here's the update, you know, go ahead yeah. and read it. You know, I convert it to PDF. So, so it's, you know, it's more compressed and it can, oh, right. oh, oh. but some of them get very large, like 44 pages long. Mm, and wow. what's great is I put pictures in there. And so it mm-hmm. really becomes a storybook of mm-hmm. what's going on and people can read about what, you know, what, what their characters are doing or, or, you know, who died or <laughs> who was resurrected, <laughs> right, you know, right. That, that kind of stuff. And and so that also creates some solidarity because I send it to everybody in the group. So we've got a larger group. Mm-hmm. I was just about to ask how many, uh, how many players you got in this group? Yeah. Here? So our nerdium like is about so. 20 people. Oh, wow. That's quite large. Okay. But I don't use everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So, but but everybody everybody gets a copy of what's going on. So yeah. I've got I've got a session of Starfinder. I've got a set that I'm leading. I got a session of Starfinder that I'm playing in. Okay. Okay. So I I mentored um, a, one of my one of my players. So he he's um, game mastering on Starfinder, and then I'm leading a session of Pathfinder as well. 
And so it's going out to the larger group so people can just, oh, this is good. You know, they could read it at their leisure. And they mm-hmm. still feel included, mm-hmm. right? So And so yeah, each of those great. groups is slightly different people that play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we also kind of developed a methodology, at least on the Starfinder side, I, I have found that it's, that it's worked pretty good of having it mission-focused, right? So remember, I used mm-hmm. to play like heavy weekends. And so that was, that was some years ago. Now I'm a little bit more, okay, let's have a sprint. Let's have a sprint of like, you know, between three and four hours and then mm-hmm. we'll take a big break. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that, that seems to be working much, much better. And then this whole COVID thing has really shown us that, you know, there's the zoom is a great option for, for us. Cause I still mm-hmm. do, I do the terrain. We use minifigures, mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. And so that supports our uh, play style. We don't use, you know, any kind of VTT. Right. For sure. Yeah, I think um, there's a, a lot to uh, to parse out yeah. there to, to <laughs> kind of pick apart. But I no, no, I want to touch on a couple of things because what what you said kind of uh, is similar to something that I've started doing with my current campaign. Although we have much fewer players, it's only you know myself and and four players there. Um, but in the Discord server that we share, I have started a couple of different like text channels. So in one text channel, we can put all of the information about, you know, the important NPCs and here are the important locations and here are the organizations that mm. are kind of key to the uh, the campaign as it, as it is. And then I have another separate one that only I can put any information in, the other players can all read it, but that is, uh, it's like a quest line tracker, essentially. So here are all of the active quests that you guys have going on right now. There's, you know, one that has a lot more information and that's the one that's kind of most prominent for you. But there are these, you know, other threads that are kind of getting weaved uh, in the campaign at the same time. So I'm sort of keeping track on those campaigns or those uh, storylines as well, right? Um, and then as quests are getting completed, they're getting moved to a different uh, text block where that's I have all of the uh, completed quest lines, essentially. Um, so just I, I think fi- they're both really great options here because they are finding ways to keep the players involved and keep them up to date with different things that are going on in the game um, so that they're not feeling, you know, so obligated to remember every single detail or be present at every single session. Um, if they, you know, aren't able to make it for one reason or another, you know, scheduling yeah. is really the highest CR <laughs> creature in all of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it always has been. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's, you know, some, some really great ways here to, you know, keep the players invested and keep them on the same page outside of the campaign and keep them communicating with each other as well. I I think my Discord server has been really awesome for, you know, oh, my, you know, barbarian found something online that he thinks is kind of relevant to, you know, what my, the, the player that's a druid in our campaign would experience. So we'll send that, you know, post that in the Discord server and now everybody gets to see it. But, you know, that's a personalized message for from one player to the other right um even though we're, it's all this shared space that we're all getting to uh, mm. to take place in um yeah i i think as as we are dialoguing right now i uh i need to create a discord server because i i think that <laughs> it, it 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 really fits well with with how i'm trying to communicate right mm-hmm. with, with my with my group 
and you know they can log in and and, and see these things that are stored in one location. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> this is going to be an interview about like, hey, you know, you just it's Christian. A <laughs> Nineteen hits server. the dragon, sponsored by <laughs> Discord. Not really. Ha- hashtag not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> no, I pr- I appreciate although Discord, that. if you're listening, um, you know, let's talk. <laughs> Yeah, Mike's a good oh, salesperson. I'll can't. tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I also work in sales, so I, I get that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's excellent. So I guess my my question for you is how you know to kind of move this along is how did you sort of move things along for your group there? I know you went from playing you know twice a year to now playing sure. much more frequently. So what were the steps involved for you and, you know, making that happen more regularly and, and getting these 20 different people now that are part of this, uh, this group here to be able to schedule and play a little bit more frequently. Like what were some of the things that you used to, to kind of get started there? Awesome. Awesome. Great segue into so I was passive, right? Most of us mm-hmm. start off in a passive position, right? We start off with probably a very simple character mm-hmm. and then and then start to absorb more complexity, okay? And so I just sat back and I and I participated. It was it was back in 2003. And I started to collect the uh, Wizards of the Coast miniatures. Mm-hmm. And so, because we had started, we were using a map with Lego figurines, right? <laughs> yeah, for, okay. from the old, the old, uh, mm-hmm. you know, medieval sets. Yep. And so I started collecting these, and in in sales, every time I'd make a good sale, I'd go, you know, to the game store and I would buy, mm-hmm. you know, all the, the the blister packs, right? And I would just, oh, this is awesome. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'd bring them to the to the session if it was around that same time, and we'd open mm-hmm. them up together and be like, oh, this is great. Um, well, not <laughs> so. Collecting that really, really helped actually with, for me personally, being more engaged. And that's really mm-hmm, where, it's, mm-hmm. where, where this, this story starts with. It starts with, with, with you know, me being a passive player, mm-hmm. then being more engaged by saying, okay, I'm going to provide a resource to the, to the game, to the mm-hmm. group. And I'm going to buy these things. And so I did that. And so we would do that. You know, I did that for a few years before I got into terrain making. So we moved mm-hmm. from, so now we've got these 3D figurines that are awesome, mm-hmm. but they're just on a, on a, on a, on a map. And so I bought the, those, those kind of card stock dungeon tiles. Okay. Yeah. And so we moved from, you know, the vinyl that you can, you know, dry erase or whatever to, to mm-hmm. actually that. And then I moved into real terrain. So I, you know, I cast plaster, you know, I use Hearst Arts and make 3D buildings or, you know, um, flooring. Then I discovered DM Scotty and now I use cardboard. So I use foam <laughs> core and cardboard mm-hmm. and hot glue gun and yeah. I'll use my Hearst Arts for accent pieces. Okay. And so it's, it's, it weighs less. It's easier to store, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and some of them are so just one shots. I just, you know, I chuck, right. I recycle them. So it's, it sure. doesn't take yeah. that long to, to create. So as me personally got more and more engaged, I got the other people more engaged as well. Okay. And so as I broke away from, and it, I shouldn't say break away, as as I split, even though that sounds like a, syn- a synonym, I still played <laughs> with, I still played with my original mm-hmm. group. Right. But then I started my own and... 
people would lo- like they would they would love to come to the table and see what terrain I made. Right, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. often it's not like this whole, you know, where you set the whole map out and you do the the the, the, the fog. It's basically right, theater right. of mind. Till mm-hmm. you get to you get to a room, and then I'm like, okay, hold on. Right, and I would right. go and I'd grab the stuff and I'd set it up on the, set table, it on the table and, and then bring the figurines yeah, yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And so I will tell you that having those mnemonics uh, at the table really pushed the engagement envelope for the players. And so mm-hmm. more people wanted to be involved. And so a friend of a friend right now is part of the mm-hmm. nerdium. And so <laughs> uh, it's 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 grown. My figurine collection is well over 3,000 strong. Wow. I uh, thought I had a lot of minis, but okay. And they're, and they're all the pre-painted. I mean, I, I have okay. started – I just don't have time to like – do all my sounds, do you know all my other things, mm-hmm. and paint because painting takes yeah, a long time. For sure, especially, especially if you're terrain. you know building all of these terrains and stuff like that. Painting and takes a lot of time on on top of that. So I yeah I get that for sure. Yeah. So um, basically, you know, having having those figurines and and Hero Forge is great, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, oh, or, yeah. or, or you know, another organization that that does custom minis mm-hmm. that that is like your miniature. Right. That is my character. And so the more you <laughs> have sure. like that investment, that player investment, not just in the story, not just in your group dynamic, but mm-hmm. also in their in their PC. And now we can talk a little bit about your player to player, your player to character, and your player yeah. to game. Because mm-hmm. now people that are at the table, right, it's they're now engaged at what's going Absolutely. on in session because they've Absolutely. got some tools themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a you know something very vital is just giving the players things to get attached to, right? Whether that be a a painted mini or you know I had uh, some players in a campaigns a couple of campaigns back now, um, they decided to buy and paint their own minis as well. I mean, and if you have the resources and the time to do that, if your players do, then you know absolutely that's going to get them that much more invested in their own. Uh, in their own character as part of the game because they've spent that extra time sort of customizing their own thing. Um, that's something that I like to do for the games that I'm a player in. You know, I... Um, we're playing entirely digitally right now, but you know, Hero Forge, you can still go on and create these custom minis and get like screenshots of them and use that. And now you've got your own character art that you've created yourself, right? So you're that much more attached to it. So I always encourage my players to, you know, either pick out some art that they found if you have the ability to commission some character art based on, yes. you know, what you've you've concepted uh, for your own character. Um, or if you just want me to, you know, go and find a couple of options for you and see like, okay, well, here are the tokens that I've been able to find that kind of match what you told me, you know, which is the one that sort of resonates for you the most. And then they pick that one. I'm like, okay, cool. That is your character token now. And that will be, you know, for your virtual tabletop or, you know, your mini that you're playing in, in real space. Right. Yes. Um, so just having something that they can associate as, you know, this is mine. And that represents my character. That's just going to sort of tie them to that character that much more. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah the uh, the terrain, man. I I wish I had the uh, sort of like spatial reasoning to be able to build terrain myself. I struggle with even putting like pictures of maps together because that's just not my my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can't I can't imagine. Uh, 
I will that tell it, you, it, you know, I, it takes a lot of time and investment. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love game, to have a whole so. conversation about about <laughs> terrain making and try to con- you know convince your, your listeners mm-hmm. that it is not as difficult as you may imagine. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah, I think. Um, sort of similar to like mini painting for me if i sat down and like forced myself to do it it's yeah it's probably something that i i could make make happen and eventually get better and better at right as you do right. with everything but conceptually um, right so you've got a map mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's you know x by x you cut out foam core and then i'm sorry you cut out cardboard and then you cut out foam core and you glue the foam core like a, a quarter inch now you've mm-hmm. made walls on the outside and then, and then you you spray paint it so that mm-hmm. it doesn't get too wet and 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 fold up, you know, curl. Mm-hmm. And then you just put some splatter, bup, 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 bup. and so now you've made a dark room with some walls, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, and you just cut some spaces out for for doors, and now you've just made a room. I mean, it's literally that that simple, right? Hmm. Yeah. And uh, and it's and it's and it's a lot of fun to have that that three dimensional. But I I know a lot of your listeners, I know a lot of people, you know, with with COVID and and whatnot are playing virtually, and and so mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not not going to work uh, for for them. So for for sure. So I, I think you know my advice to to DMs that are starting to try and do things a little bit more, uh, or that are not starting but have been and are continuing to or may may begin doing so. Uh, you know, playing with like virtual tabletops. I'm uh, not always able to get people in person. You know, just ha- like finding cool maps um, is always a really great way to kind of get the players invested. And mm-hmm. you know, like you said, Christian, it doesn't always need to be, uh, or it, it can be a lot of theater of the mind, sort of leading up to that one location, right? So you don't necessarily need to be doing dungeon crawls and having them explore every single hallway and every single room, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can maybe find one cool area that or one cool map that's like an you know an encounter area and you think oh well this would be really cool for doing x y and z and so now how do i get my players to that spot so i have this cool map to show them on our virtual tabletop or you know whatever that is for for you guys there or if you're all you know as a, a team there right so yeah um i think just finding finding neat things to put on the table is kind of our key there, right? Or our, the sort of the crux of the tip uh, that we're offering here is, it's you know, balance. whether it's terrain or whether it's uh, a map or whatever, you yeah. know, just find cool uh, imagery or places to put put your players. And and if you're doing everything theater of the mind, which more power to you, um, you know, then just come up with some cool descriptions about the space that's around there. Right. Sort of use your words to create those things that you would create with some terrain pieces or with a cool map or whatever. But now you're just sort of planting these images in in your players' heads, right? So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Although it's 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 always that balance, right, mm-hmm. of being being open and then to railroading. Okay, mm-hmm. like, yeah. no, there's only one path forward. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every time, seriously, there's only mm-hmm. one path, right? right? Right. So, so you've got it, you know, that, that, but that's the art um, of, uh, of, the, of the, the game, right? The science mm-hmm. is the, you know, rules is written, but the art is, man, that, that's where the, the fun is, right? So the mm-hmm. science kind of gives you that, that, the boundaries, that this is the framework, these are the rules, this is the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. But man, that 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 like spark of of just that joy back and forth. Um, I just wanted to bring up one one other thing that that helped push me from my original group. 
was okay, yeah. I thought that the dungeon master was very miserly with magic. Oh my god, we just got another plus one of of you know resistance. Great, mm. we have like eight of them in our backpack, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it was just really, really, really frustrating. So, so I actually went completely opposite mm, mm-hmm. and created a storyline in which it was a world full of magic items. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. However, the group had to hire two um, NPCs, if you will, that were then played by care by um, by people who joined us. Right. So okay. So as our mm-hmm. group grew, I'm like, oh geez, okay. How am I going to do this? So I, f- I figured out a way to bring them their, them in storyline, mm-hmm. but they were hired by the ch- the church. Right. So one was a cleric and one was a paladin. Okay. And uh, it was interesting because we had gone from Faerun to Greyhawk. And because okay. I wanted to celebrate the 40th year of, of you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I had done the uh, expedition to the ruins of Castle Greyhawk, which, right, is, is, is really a, a fascinating module. And I, I, mm-hmm. there's just so much to, to, to work with. But anyway, because they went from Faerun to Alerth, I'm like, okay. You know, you guys, uh, uh, the clerics that were with them lost their connection to their deity, so they had no more spells. So, ah. so they had to go back. So that mm-hmm. allowed for a character, and we had some some character, uh, some player changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, the best part about that storyline, is kind of maybe a long story to get to this point, <laughs> was the tithing to the church. They had to give 20%, right, 10% of their treasure per, per hire. So they would go out and they'd get this loot down in, you know, in these, mm-hmm. these, these, you know, Gygax or, or Zygag's tower or whatever, right, uh, of war. And they'd bring, come back to, to the city Greyhawk and they'd go to the church and they'd mm-hmm. have to get some of their magic items. So it was a really awesome way for me to be very generous with magic. Okay. Knowing that they had to give 20% back. Yeah, that's excellent. I hadn't, you know? uh, hadn't really thought about that. Uh, before about you know kind of over sharing in a sense of magic items like giving them more than they or giving them just you know a lot of magic items Mm -hmm. Um, and then just having that sort of caveat of well you get to pick which ones now you get to give back essentially yeah Um, I, I definitely think that you know, having cool, cool magic items and, you know, items that do cool things that your own class and racial abilities won't allow you to do normally or or maybe enhance um, your your abilities that you already have um, is a really great way to uh, in, invest players in their characters and, and in, in their their sessions as well, because they know like, oh, I've got this Wanda Fireball in my back pocket and I only, you know, have two third level spells right now, but I have this wand of fireball that's got an extra five charges on it. So I can throw that around if I need to, or, you know, whatever it is for that particular player. Yeah. Yeah. Another session that, um, I had created legacy weapons, Hmm. which I'm not sure if you're, you're familiar with it, with that concept, but a legacy weapon is a weapon that changes with the character over time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So if they okay. if they find it um, as a level three character, maybe it's a plus one longsword. Mm-hmm. But then as the character advances and they choose certain things, 
it unlocks and can become a plus two, right? And so mm-hmm. what I was what I what I was trying to do, and it was it was actually kind of kind of fun. So I made like a Captain America's um, shield, you know, that because like, okay. mm-hmm. it, you know it's got a crystal of returning on it, you know, th- this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what I ended up doing was, if you took this feat, it unlocked this other one, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. basically, you could get two feats for one, right? And okay, so nice. it ended up becoming this really cool weapon for this fighter because in 3-5, you have to make so, like so many like fate choices or feet choices mm. to actually to like be a good shield, you know, warrior. Right. And right. I'm like, how could I shortcut that? So I'm right. like, Ooh, I can make a <laughs> legacy weapon. Right. And yeah. so it just basically it, it offered some things. You know, I made some braces of electricity that that, you know, added a, a shocking burst. And then you know mm. it, it would it would level up and it would do more damage. So instead of one d six, it would be two d six and whatever. But there were some sacrifices too, minus one on wisdom, or you have to sacrifice you know nine hit points, right? So mm. so the character has a choice. They can follow the progression, or they can just stop and leave it as a plus whatever weapon that that does these special things. Uh, and and so I made one for each character and, and kind of drop them in the storyline. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of, it was kind of cool. And, and it was, they, they were very receptive to it, which was nice. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the, that personalized touch absolutely is, and, and the kind of customization op- options um, that they get to choose, you know, how they interact with that magic weapon. Do they unlock this next ability and maybe, you know, sacrifice something to be able to get that? Or do they just kind of keep it as is and use that usefulness that it has currently, but not unlock any further potential, but be able to make choices to kind of go off in a different direction with that? Yeah, um, that's that. Yeah, that's super fascinating for sure. I'm and, and then actually that for my yeah. campaign. <laughs> awesome. I love that. I, yeah. That's great. And then and then what I ended up having them do was if they were if they keep this because like this, the overarching story was to this like this forgotten king has his tomb was ransacked mm, mm-hmm. and so the, the the players were then quested with returning hit the the items and mm, his mm-hmm. items are those legacy items okay or something of equal value so they had to find something oh, okay. else in the in in the in the storyline so i had to like have these uh, so they actually could could return that legacy item or mm-hmm. they could return something of 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 equal, right? right long right. sword, long sword, shield, shield, whatever, whatever. And so I made sure that there was enough enough capability for them to do that. And so again, playing with that that you know, again coming from a very small miserly you know uh, magic item to them mm-hmm. being exuberant with giving magic items away, <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then you know, more recently, I've I've come to a more balanced approach. Yeah, as as one does, I think that there's a there's a very delicate balance to handing out magic items. Uh, you definitely can get to a point very easily where your players just become super overpowered with all the magic items that they have, and with those and you know their abilities, they're pretty much able to take on you know anything that they want to <laughs> at a certain point, right? Mm. Um, so there's certainly a delicate balance there, but I think you know finding. Um, items, magic items to hand out to to players or um, 
if it's you know not a, a system that allows for magic, but you know some other sort of personalized item that enhances the players or the characters' abilities in in some way that are kind of unique to them. Mm. Um, absolutely, a great way to invest a player in their own in their own character and in, in the the game as a, as a whole. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making I'm making myself laugh here. I, <laughs> no, I, 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 I had a player kidnapped once. By, okay. the, by the Thieves Guild. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the team was gathered and said, okay, we're going to hold on to this person. We're going to give you a rogue from us. Mm. And your goal is to go into this place and bring back these things. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Listed five magic items that, you know, okay. whatever. And you have this long to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All and right. So, so, so the big joke was, right? Does the team actually value that PC's life, <laughs> <laughs> or or they're going to find all the stuff, kill the rogue that was put with them, right, and then and just then, let their rogue <laughs> <laughs> like bye? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, hmm, how are we going to play this, right? And, and it was Yikes. a really fun dynamic. I, mean, I just, I, I just yeah. threw it out there for for mm-hmm. you know those guys to to deal with. So, but for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you uh, you definitely touch on something that is co- like one of my uh, core tenets about um, as far as like adventure design is just making the the adventures and the quest matter to the player characters. Um, so if you're sort of, <laughs> I mean, you're manipulating them in certain ways, right? Um, but in uh, you know not maybe not the worst way possible is kind of the idea there, though, yeah. right? Like you you know that your your player their character has. Um, you know, a sister that is their, you know, closest only living relative, they value them more than anybody else in the world, right? So they come back to their hometown and, oh, their sister's been kidnapped. So now they want to go after whatever it is that's going to, you know, whoever it is that's kidnapped them, right? They have that sort of personal investment there. Um, And I think- you know, that that's something that kind of needs to happen in like sort of a session zero, so to speak, is those conversations that you have with your your players about you know who are the individuals that they value? Uh, what are the things that they value most? Do they have mm. any debts or, you know, any secrets, things like that? So that as the DM, you can be like, OK, well, basically just taking notes on how I have ammo to use against all of you for these sessions. Right. And how to. Yep get their characters invested in the quest is to kind of pull on those strings a little bit, right? Absolutely. Define what the carrot is and define what the stick is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. A- another thing that, that I had written down that I wanted to, to share with you or, you know, kind of on the guise of, of engagement. Mm-hmm. And it's been cool because I've seen some tweets on it as well. And that's props. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they work really well when you're in in session, you know, in mm-hmm. person, um, you know, and and that's kind of the way that 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 I played, you know, pre COVID. Mm-hmm. So I would make stuff right mm-hmm. for them and and literally you know hand them, uh, you know, a a a a you know, piece of paper that was you know mm-hmm. that was you know scripted or whatever. Right. It's you, you know. use the tea to stain the paper, exactly. burn the edges, and put a seal on it. Stuff Coins like that. Yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. you know gems or whatever, because you, you can get them at the the party source or party mm-hmm. one of those party stores. Right. They, they sell the birthday tchotchkes and stuff like right. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that that's that's really um, a, a fun thing to to 
in, engage the folks with, and it's tactile, mm-hmm. right? Every, yeah, every, for sure. Everybody likes something that's that that's tactile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, just to tell a story of my own uh, in re- relation to that, I had a. Um, well, it's kind of a Rubik's cube, but it's like a sphere and it's a little bit more of like clockwork and gears essentially. So it's like Rubik's cube plus. Um, so it's uh, circular. And when you turn one side of it, then the other side turns in the opposite direction. So it's got that little bit added layer of complexity to it. Um, so I, and I, I love puzzles and things like this. This was something that my brother had actually gotten me for Christmas one year. It's just kind of like a side gift. And I spent maybe about 10 to 15 hours fucking around with it and ultimately solving it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to a point where I had a, a lich and he, I wanted him to have like a phylactery hidden away somewhere. And I saw that on my shelf and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to give that to my players. <laughs> so we get to this, the, the, uh, the scene where they're, you know, they've killed the bad guy of this temple. That's like protecting the lich's phylactery. They break open the shrine to see, you know, what's inside of it. And, Oh, here I have this actual physical thing that I'm going to hand to all of you, which is this puzzle ball um, that you all have to solve now. And when somebody solves that, you can have the phylactery that's inside of it. And then, you know, see about how to go about destroying the, the lich. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And it unfortunately it was something that frustrated my players enough that I ultimately was like, all right, let's just have some intelligence checks to see if you guys would be able to solve this. Because they they sat with it for like five or six sessions, just kind of handing it back and forth between the players around the table and everyone sort of taking their turn trying to solve it. And no one was ever able to solve it. And they all just got kind of frustrated with it. I'm like, okay, it's it's served its purpose now. We can actually open it up because we need the story to progress and you need what's inside of it. So I'll let you try with some some dice rolling to see if you can figure it out. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, cool. it was a good time. It was always fun. Just like, cool, I'm just going to sit here and let you all mess around with this thing and talk amongst yourselves and see if you can get the phylactery for this lich that you're trying to kill. So, right, good right. luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I like that. So you meant you mentioned dice rolling, and mm-hmm. uh, and so there's kind of a, right a debate. Deba- it's a style choice. It's a stylistic mm-hmm. choice. Are you a game master that plays when you're in person? Are you a mm-hmm. game master that plays with a dungeon master screen or not? Right? Are you Are asking? You, no, yeah. I'm just throwing okay. it out there. Right. So oh, in okay. general, yeah. right, mm-hmm. you you fall. Primarily in one of two categories, right? Mm-hmm. So you're a secretive roller mm-hmm. or you're an open roller. Right, right. Okay. And I have found that to improve engagement, and maybe maybe we'll, we'll start some, some you know, fire wars here, but <laughs> um, an open rolling is more engaging mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's transparent. Now, you can't fudge, mm-hmm. right, right, those. But also, sometimes I will let players roll. For those choices, for oh, the world okay. choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you're, you know, incorporeal, mm-hmm. 50-50% chance to hit, right? Right. High or low, right? It's, I'm not making the choice. You, go ahead, table. Yeah, you guys, you guys collectively yeah. make a decision. Mm-hmm. That, and that's just one example where I let them, you know, um, make some choices. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I'm doing something like ra- you know, random tables, I'll have the table and I'll say, okay, you, go ahead, you roll. 
and they roll mm-hmm. a percentile yeah. dice, and then I, you know, I read it off, okay, well, mm-hmm. and maybe that didn't work out, right? So mm-hmm. I recently had a session where there was a halfling who ran to the back of a dragon horde, you know, cave, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like was kind of searching the horde while the group was engaging with that dragon, mm-hmm. right? The dragon turned around and, and started running back to, to, to the halfling, and I had the halfling, okay, you've got well, very quick sec here. And so this guy rolled, and, and I'm like, okay, it's going to be a, either a plus one to plus four. Go ahead and roll a four-sided die. Mm-hmm. And he rolled. Guess what? Plus one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. you know, everybody was there. <gasps> right? It's just, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going to be? It's pl- oh, shit, it's a plus one. Right? Yeah. And then, okay, what, what, what about? And it ended up being a halberd. Right mm. for for mm. a halfling, which was terrible, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just terrible. So I'm like, okay, re-roll that one, and uh, it ended up being a pick, okay, a gnome light, you know, light pick or whatever, mm-hmm. which was now is a huge joke. Okay, great, we have a dental pick uh, yeah. with us, <laughs> but it's dragon bane, right? Yeah. So uh, it was it was pretty funny, and it just it was just one of those things where I could have done it all behind the screen. It could have mm-hmm. all been secret, but it wouldn't have been as funny because they right. weren't, you know, it because the player was rolled the halfling was rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling mm-hmm. and then the dragon came over and ended up biting his head off anyway so it didn't yeah. really matter <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, you know, every, everybody that's, went through all the treasure goes, <laughs> they yeah. killed the dragon went through the treasure and then resurrected the rogue right <laughs> right it's like oh I, I guess we do have enough diamonds here that we can resurrect the rogue so right exactly it was, yeah. it was it was a fun <laughs> session <laughs> for sure no I, I definitely think that uh you know giving players agency over things happening at the table is is absolutely uh, vital for keeping them invested and and engaged in what's going on. Um, I I'm a little bit of like a, a mixed bag as far as like rolling behind the screen and rolling in front of the players. I don't I try not to fudge rolls as as often as possible mm-hmm. um, unless it's something that you know I. I probably shouldn't be rolling anyway. And I'm just like rolling to make the players think that there's a role and I've already decided what's going to happen. Like yeah. that's kind of the only instance where I do that. Um, but there are instances where there are instances where like I need, Oh, like I know that this player is being deceptive. So I'm going to make a role for myself and that's going to be hidden and no one else is going to know what I'm rolling for or rolling about. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if I'm intentionally keeping something from the players, then I think for me, it's, you know, mostly rolling behind the screen sure. or in a virtual tabletop, like I'm rolling uh, in like a hidden way so I can see the results on the virtual tabletop, but no one else can. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm going to be rolling in, in the open for a sure. lot of these things um, just so that there's that sort of like everything's above the board, right? If the dice kill you, then the dice kill you. I didn't do that, right? It was a click of the button or a roll of the dice or whatever. Um, so yeah, absolutely. that's my two cents there. I think, this so. is a game of chance, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but you know, my, my take on fudging and, and, and again, I've, I've listened to a really great, um, podcast on, on just on fudging. I mean, that, that's mm. a, that's a really cool topic to talk about, but you know, a lot of times if I'm going to fudge, I don't even roll. Like I just, mm-hmm. I just yeah. know that, okay, maybe I'll lower the DC, right? Cause mm-hmm. they, they really need to move past this or right, you know right. what? it doesn't really matter. So I'll, I'll play mm-hmm. it up or whatever. And, yeah, and that's think, fun. That's fun. 
For sure. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely, you know, the, the, we as DMs kind of have that agency to change up the DCs. If we like, oh, well, I realize that this is more difficult than I meant it to be. And I do want them to, I want it to be challenging, but this is impossible at this point for whatever reason. So I'm going to lower that DC just a little bit to maybe give them a little bit better odds. Um, things like that. I think that there's absolutely right. room for that as yeah. a DM for sure. Or, 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 or um, change the dynamic, right? Like I had, mm-hmm. I had a group that had to like, they had to find some keys inside the stones and they were like phased out of the material world. Right. So the only way they, they could see it through true seeing, mm-hmm. they could, they could find it through a really, really, really high, um, rogue role, you mm-hmm. know, for, for, you know, um, perception or, you know, five, investigation. Yeah. Some, yeah well, I don't play five like V, yeah. but so, well, um, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just couldn't do it, so I had so I I had to come up with another way, right? Um, right. And that's that's just the fun of uh, of being, you know, when when the players challenge you as a, <laughs> as a game master. So it's yeah, it's back absolutely. and forth. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think you know, just kind of building off of that idea of, of giving the uh, the players some some agency at the table. Um, I I will harken back to my I know a guy rule for NPCs. You know, if the players need a certain npc or need some sort of role to be filled they can say like hey i know a guy and i'll be like okay well who's this person and obviously you know that i know a guy is is gendered but it can be any any gender obviously um but it just allows the the players to create an npc and develop some sort of relationship that they would have with that npc Mm -hmm. um just to get them that much more invested in that dynamic um, and who this person is and the important role that he's going to play and, you know, what they need right now. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, little tools and tips like that that you can use to allow the players to have some agency in, you know, in, in world building in things that are going to happen at the table, whether that's, you know, their dice rolls or whatever. I think you had mentioned before you like to kind of give players uh, control over like tracking different aspects of what's going uh, yeah, on as well yeah, right exactly so. that's that that's exactly what you, great late end uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i appreciate that it's almost like i do this a lot oh my oh. gosh <laughs> you're a great interviewer um yeah actually i, I call them uh, the three things right so it's mm-hmm. a buff sheet okay so i put together a sheet for the most common buffs okay and it's got you know whether it's an attack bonus or, or penalty Mm-hmm. You know, damage, you know, um, saving throws, et cetera, et cetera, hit points, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. And so essentially you just, you just bring that number down and you make some tick marks. And that way I don't have to keep track of what buffs are going on for what characters. I give that ownership to mm-hmm. the players. So they keep track of the player buffs. Mm-hmm. I keep track of the monster buffs, right? Because mm-hmm. the game master, I think the game master has too much to do, right? So I, I <laughs> for sure, it's, I, I it's a juggling give, act. To, it so be is. I it so is. So I push that back, right? I also ask them to keep track of the hit points, and okay. I monitor, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, I'm I'm making sure, like you know, just like when somebody casts the spell, I'm like, did you mark it on your sheet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, it's the same thing on the, on the hit point side. So it's not like I'm completely disengaged from it, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. I don't own the uh keeping track of everything that's going on for the players so right, right. we i found that 
it's really, really good for one person to own that responsibility mm-hmm. versus every player owning that responsibility for mm-hmm. their characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And it's interesting because it's usually ends up being the cleric, right? Who's like the, <laughs> they, <laughs> who's the hospitalist? They do control the buffs, yeah. Because that is yeah, true. because then because then they they know who's who's like, and it really makes sense that if you like, if you've got a group dynamic, right? Like, mm-hmm. just put yourself in the world, right, of the fantasy. You're in a dungeon, or you're in a you know city, you're, whatever. Where, you're in some environment, and your group is is getting hurt, and you're the healer. You're absolutely on a like conscious level going to keep track and tabs of who's the most who's injured. Hurt. Yeah, for right? sure. Right. Um, and then the third one is the measure of treasure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So w- one thing that that I do though is I have a, a column that they keep track of who has it now. Mm-hmm. And if it's not listed, then it's packed and it's okay. inaccessible. You can't use it. Okay. Because I've had some retcon, you know, situations mm-hmm. where, well, you know, I would have had that thing on me, uh, and it would have been mm-hmm. useful. Like, what it could have, should have, right? Is right, if it's right. if it's if it's not listed as in your inventory, mm-hmm. right? And it and it's kind of a check and a balance. So it's right. documented, mm-hmm. and then it's documented as to who has it. Right, right. It's kind of, I, I think, my, you know, my players often, I end up giving them a bag of holding and then just sort of everything gets funneled into the bag of holding, right? So unless they have it on their sheet, then it's in the bag of holding, right? Yeah. And it, it's, there's almost always one player who will kind of speak up and take the responsibility of having like, oh, I have the party funds or I have the bag of holding that's got all of our, you know, magic items that aren't being used right away or yeah. the, the treasure or whatever. Um. So, yeah, I think absolutely that's that's a great sort of like like it's a house rule. But I think that's something that's just so common that it shouldn't really it's kind of almost, a, you know, a, an unwritten rule that, you know, everybody does. Right. They kind of end up keeping the sort of the party funds. Um, yes. But, yeah, I think, you know, just to kind of build on on top of that for myself, what I tend to do is if it's in the bag of holding or in, in the party hoard or whatever, then yeah, you can find it. But if it's in combat, you are using your whole turn to locate that thing that you need. So you have to wait until next turn. Absolutely. Um, unless unless it's a person that has the bag of holding because like they can, you know, feasibly reach in and, and grab the thing, then like maybe there's a little bit of room for fudging it or making it like a, a right. bonus action in fifth edition or whatever. Um, but generally I it's like, okay, well if it's in the tre- the party ho- horde, then you have to take some of your turn to locate that. Whereas if it's <laughs> yeah. on your person already, you can just have access to that freely without, you know, any sort of additional action to draw or stow an item or whatever. I don't, I don't like to keep track of those things. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Going back to that, um, the module where I gave a lot of treasure away, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. The, so Greyhawk. So I had given them a stone horse. So they actually had a stone horse that they could travel with. Mm, nice. Okay. And I gave them a portable hole. So basically a portable hole is like a 10 foot by 10 foot cube. Right. And so what they did was they put this, the, <laughs> I love this idea. They put the um, portable hole on top of the stone horse, like a saddle. Okay. And so that, that actually ended up being like the best pack horse ever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? No food. <laughs> 
totally uh-huh. you know uh mechanical all you know it was it was great it was but there was a ladder that you had to like crawl down into to like okay where's this thing that we need right so, so there was oh, no great. way there was no way yeah, they were we gotta like find something let me go crawl into the horse real quick and locate yeah. where it's just the, just the thinking about that just you know, it cracks me oh, up to the this imagery. that's fantastic <laughs> yeah, exactly. well done to you and your group yeah that's yeah great. yeah it's it's fun <laughs> the, the dynamic is 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 really really great and it just you know it goes to um, any kind of group dynamic, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote down something very serious, right? So psychological safety mm-hmm. um, is a shared belief by members of a team that the team is safe for interpersonal risk taking, and that's by uh, Amy C. Edmondson, right? Oh, that's wonderful. And and we went through some training recently in my in my company about effective team building, and I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, mm-hmm. let, let let me share this right with 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 your audience because psychological safety is something that we need, right? A safe space as we're playing, okay? Mm-hmm. And whether it's player to player, or it's you know being I'm I'm acting goofy as my character, or I'm acting serious as my character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as I'm interacting with this world and, and the whole group dynamic, right, there shouldn't there should be a f- totally safe space. And, it sh- and I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it goes without saying, but it's amazing how just a a like a feeling of like that you're not safe, just a kernel of that can mm-hmm. really change a dy- a group dynamic on its mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. It's you know, sure. it's, it could be bad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a conversation that I have in every session zero with my 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 players, even when it's like, you know, we've been playing together for a while. Um, you know, we're sitting back down to start a new campaign. I just want to, hey, I want everyone to know this is a safe space and relatively judgment-free zone. Mm-hmm. We may jeer and jab at each other a little bit, but that's expected, right? Everyone should feel safe with the choices that they want to make for their characters and they're not going to be judged for doing a weird voice or for you know playing this certain aspect of a character that they're wanting to explore for themselves um you know that said we it if it comes to a point where one player feels unsafe with what the other is doing then you should always feel free also to speak up um and stop that behavior if it's you know making you unsafe um, or if you don't feel comfortable speaking up, then come to me as the DM, you know, after the session or, you know, message me privately while that's happening or whatever. Um, and let me know so that I can step in and say, hey, yeah. we need to we need to stop this. Right. Those ba- kind of basic safety tools. Um, there's a lot of really great options online for free and uh, things that can be used in, in that sense as well. But um, yeah. yeah, just I, I think establishing those boundaries is is super vital for uh, you know, a and d space uh, or a tabletop RPG game gaming group, right? It's something that I mean, it's any any to any group, too, so. right? It's yeah. not just no, you, yeah, you know, yeah. special to us, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's I'm in a sales team, yeah, and right, and so you know, <laughs> you've got to build out your your pipeline of like opportunities much greater mm-hmm. than uh, you're you're going to sell. So that means there's built in failure, mm-hmm. right? To be successful means put yourself out there for potential failure. 
Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is a weird. It's. A, I mean, it's just. It's. It's a dynamic that that you know exists. Right. You can't have dark without light. You know. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to kind of open yourself up to that sort of vulnerability. Right. The exactly. potential for failing. Failure. Yep. And so, if you've got, especially, you know, I see, I see a lot of people, you know, uh, folks come into D and D for the first time, or or mm-hmm. not just D, you know, any tabletop uh, RPG, and they're searching for a group. There's, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and and and. I think it's it's harder in some instances when you're in online, you've got anonymity, mm-hmm. right? Like you and I are having this interview, we're doing it via Zoom and recording, you know, separately, but right. at least I can see you. I can see your reactions. Mm-hmm. When it is just Discord and you're just typing stuff in, you know, you lose sarcasm, you, lo- you lose so many of those dynamics that you get with, you know, the, the verbal and then face to face too can be even more empowering. Right, mm. because there's there's that real time spark, but it's also more challenging, right, to to mm-hmm. be with strangers in person mm-hmm. and acting yeah. act, acting goofy. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. I, I um I have a lot of experience with for about two and a half years or so. I ran uh, Adventures League games at a comic shop here in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and I was one of like three DMs. So I was run, you know, three or four. So you know, once or twice a month, I would have a game that I would run at this comic shop. Um, and while we often had a lot of the same people, there was always without fail, at least one person that was brand new every time that I ran a game, right? So, you know, how do you connect with that person when they're coming here and trying to open themselves up and be vulnerable? And you just got to let, I mean, it's as a GM, I had to let them know that this was a safe space for them as well. And kind of establishing those rules at the beginning of every session, like, yep. hey, rule number one is and always will be, don't be a dick. <laughs> also, you this is a judge, relatively judgment-free zone. So, you know, feel free to be goofy and have a good time because that's what we're all here for. Yeah. Um, and uh, then again, I, I actually listened to your, your, your like, episode, Don't Be a Dick. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rule number one. I think yeah. um, I, I actually stole that from uh, the Penny Arcade uh, or PAX. Uh, there. It's, they call it Wheaton's Law, mm. uh, is Don't Be a Dick. So... Um, and people can look up and figure out why they called it Wheaton's Law on their own time. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's something that stuck with me for a, a long time is, you know, just in general, don't be a dick, right? Like, yes, we're going to be a little bit sarcastic and smarmy with each other sometimes, but never in a way that's like actually trying to be harmful to that other person. Because when you cross that line, that's when I as a DM have to step in and be like, hey, no more of that or hey, you have to leave the table right yeah. now. Which yeah, thankfully, it, you know, yeah. I had a lot of Adventurous League games and I never had to kick anyone out. So I was very fortunate in that respect. But I know that's not always the case for people. I mean, the internet is full of horror stories taking place at uh, other people's tabletop RPG uh, tables. So, yeah. Agreed. It's uh, it's it's a shame. And, and so as we had our dialogue, I didn't want to just talk about, you know, the my well-established group, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Right, that, that's, that's, that's something that percolates over time. Right, right. And so a lot of your listeners may be new and newbies and may be a little bit, you know, challenged for joining a group, right? Mm-hmm. And that, because yeah. they, they don't know how much safety there is um, going to take place. So mm-hmm. if there is no, if there is a session one and there is no, hey, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, safe space, absolutely bring it up. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, for sure. And don't bring think, it up uh, from a place of weakness. Bring it up from mm-hmm. a place of, of strength because that makes that dynamic better, right? Absolutely. Because yeah, you don't want sure. that DM to be like always conflict resolving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it's it's something that is definitely the GM's responsibility um, at the beginning of a session or in a session zero. But if you as a player enter a session zero or go to, a, you know, an Adventurers League game and it's all strangers there and that doesn't get addressed, then I, I think, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong. And you should be you should feel encouraged by mm-hmm. our conversation here today, if nothing else, that to you know, say, hey, like we need to have this dialogue here so that it's everything's on the table so that yeah. we all feel safe. Right. So. And and gaming cons are coming back, right? And yeah. So you don't have multiple sessions. These are just like one shot. So it's like, mm-hmm. you, know, right. you know, hey, guys, um, I'm practicing a goofy voice or, you know, I'm going to try mm-hmm. a different gender or I'm going to I'm exploring mm-hmm. this kind of thing and what whatever. Yep. And uh, just don't make fun of me. Right. I mean, we're, we're all having <laughs> yeah. fun here. Right. Cool. Right. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. I mean, it could yep. just be as very simple as a state. You're putting yourself out there and, and just saying, right, I'm going to try something, but, you know, enjoy it and try it with me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, uh, the more open that, you know, like our, ourselves as players can be about having those conversations, then the more it's going to drive that player to player engagement and person to person engagement, right? If we're having these conversations and being open about, oh, I'm, you know, going to try this thing with my character. It's a weird voice or it's, you know, some strange like uh, habits or whatever that they have. Or like you mentioned, you know, trying a gender that's opposite from what I've you know, assigned at birth or, you know, whatever that, that choices that you're making. Um, and just as a player being able to openly say like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, I want to know that you guys aren't going to, or that y'all as individuals aren't going to make fun of me for that. Right. Uh, and then if you find yourself in a situation where people are mocking you for trying things, then leave that table right like there are you you can go play with other people who are not going to be assholes essentially so absolutely yeah 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 yep so uh i i did have some twitter folk uh that are in the ttrpg community Mm -hmm. uh in which uh you and i uh, belong and uh and there, there are a few things that i wanted to call out if 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 you don't mind yeah go for it cool so you and I had this conversation in March, like, hey, let's let's set this uh, this up. And it was late mm-hmm. March, and here we are in in, in May. And mm-hmm. so I've you know I'm active on Twitter, and so I've I've seen you know this comp this topic come up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at optional rule had a really good D and D tip for some kitschy fun. Put a unique colored D twenty on the table. Call it the Betrayer die. Whenever a <laughs> monster needs to roll against a player. Have a player roll the die on behalf of the monster. Hmm. I thought that was a kind of a, a cool idea. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Scott. Uh, again, for that just, one. yeah, kind of, uh, you know, go, goes back to our conversation a little bit ago about, you know, giving the players that agency over what's happening in the world, right? So, this is an instance where you are giving the players the agency over the monster's attack rolls um, yeah. instead of just, uh, you know, random things, other random things happening or what they're finding on the treasure hoard or whatever. This is, yeah, that's uh, 
that's pretty cool. I had never thought about doing that before, but I might, uh, especially when I get back to playing in person again. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A a absolutely. Yep. Um, let's see. Mossback Sorcerer, which is at NordAim, and we'll put these in the uh, the show notes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, send them over to me, and I'll, I'll be sure to uh, to um, call out the, uh, the folks for sure. Awesome. So uh, they had suggested don't leave players waiting. Uh, mm -hmm. They like to make sure that each player has something to do every few minutes, and we'll go okay. around and call on them by character name and ask them what they're doing. So that's something mm, that, nice. that that they're engaged in. Yeah, a absolutely. I think, um, gosh, who was I talking about that with? Maybe I think it was the the guys from Two Cat Two's Cast for our first episode of this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to listen to this later and be kicking myself for not remembering, but uh, essentially just like going through either the initiative order or around the table and just sort of checking in with the players to kind of see, you know, what they're up to, how they feel about what's happening in front of them right now, even mm -hmm. if they're not you know, actively doing anything. Just like, how is this this scenario that's taking place I impacting you? Do you do anything with what's going on? Um, and I, I, I think also um, with, uh, you know, like a downtime session, if I have a longer campaign and, oh, we're just back in the city and there's no real stress here, I'm just going to have everybody roll initiative and I'll go down that initiative order to see, you know, what everybody's up to for that day, essentially. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 I, I use, uh, again, because I'm, I'm in person, I, I know mm -hmm. I'm unique in that situation. Uh, and even even when I'm not in person, I'm still using terrain. I'm mm -hmm. still using Zoom. I'm mm -hmm. still using my miniatures, and I just have the webcam, you know, facing down over over the map, and and I just I, I run everything. I use initiative cards okay. to help yeah. to help mm -hmm. me keep track, and they're basically index cards. Yeah, and, I, I think you're about to describe exactly what I use in person right. as well. But go, yeah. go ahead. And, and it's and it's great. It's a game mechanics thing I got mm -hmm. years ago. Um, and so it's basically a little little miniature character sheet. Mm -hmm. So yep. me as a game master, I know AC, what their what their damage does, their um um their saving throws, etc. Mm -hmm. And then okay. I use another color for a monster, and then I use okay. a third color for summoned creatures. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, I use a color code, but it, but it's got mm -hmm. all the same stats and yep. it just, it helps me visually keep track of who's on deck. And I keep that ha handy yep. in my, 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 literally in my hands. Yeah. And I will say, okay, Mike's up, Christian's on deck. Mm -hmm. So Christian, I would know, okay, I better start freaking preparing my, what I'm going <laughs> right. to do. Right? I know what I'm about to be. It's about to be my turn. So I have to know yeah, what I'm going to do. Because if you're doing, and, and I'll be like, okay. Uh, and uh, then after Christian, it's so-and-so. But if mm -hmm. you, you can't keep doing that, it's it's got to just be somewhat somewhat immediate, right? Mm -hmm. right. Because it's so right. dynamic, the encounter. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, kind of building on top of that. That was one of the, re one of the real functions that I got of, out of having a, uh, a DM screen in front of me is I would have these, these uh, initiative trackers and they would have, you know, a few key stats that I would need from the players and I would set them like folded over on top of the DM screen in initiative order. So everybody rolls initiative, I pick them up and I set them down in the order that initiative is, is going to happen. Right. And I go from my left to my right. So the players are facing me. They can always look up at the board and say, okay, it's this person's turn right now. We can see who's next and who's mm. after that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, nice. Sort of the, the, the one like little 
I guess, caveat to that is that I have all of the vital information and on the other side of the screen, it's just the character names, right? So if I have details for the monsters or whatever, uh, and maybe I have their name or the NPC and I have their, their actual name written on the thing, mm -hmm. but on the other side that the players see, it's just like, you know, bandit one or whatever. Right. Um, but I know that that bandit one is this NPC so that, you know, when combat is resolved or yes. whatever, he's got something that, you know, is going to be unique about him or whatever. Nice. That is, so, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not anti, I've just I've just gotten away from it. Um, I find mm -hmm. it very clunky to have that mm -hmm. that that dungeon master screen, yeah, you know, in in front of me, and it just it's, yeah, for sure for, for me. Think... It, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Just for mm -hmm. me, I I found it um, unhelpful. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. I think they're like I I use it functionally, not as much of a I'm keeping secrets from the players as much as like this is something that I can put things on or I have space between you know my laptop and the uh, the mat where I can put all of my minis down so that when I need to put them on the player mat, then they're mm. a little bit more easily accessible, not just kind of strewn yeah. about on the player. I have them kind of contained in my space there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I keep all I my think... encounters in a baggie. So okay. I've got the miniatures, the initiative card, right? Mm -hmm. Any terrain pieces that are scatter, all in one baggie. And then mm -hmm. when it's ready, boom, it's 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 all set and prepared, which yeah. is great. Except when I go home, then <laughs> I got to put it all away. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that is the the, the small little uh, caveat there, right? Is uh, oh yeah. well, I take all of this time to put everything together, and now I've used it so it's got to go back to the storage shelf or the, the bins or whatever you got there so yeah i like sigma nuggets uh mm -hmm. had shared occasionally ask them the name of an npc they encounter oh yeah mm -hmm. it, right involve them in describing scenes and locations mm -hmm. and generally let them be part of the world building right so that just yeah, kind absolutely. of absolutely some specificity around you know theater of the mind if you will mm -hmm. um which is which is nice, you know. I, so I thought I would call that one out. That, that's kind of a nice engagement strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely something to kind of get them, get the players more invested in the uh, in the game as it is happening for them. Is to you know ask them to name NPCs or uh, location. Like, yo, you're going to a tavern. Sure, what's the tavern called? Somebody give me a name for the tavern so that I'm not having to make that up right now, right? Like, and sometimes yes. your players will surprise you with like really funny shit, <laughs> or like, oh, that's a really good name. Yeah, no, I'm writing that down, and that's going to be this important place now because that's really good. So, yeah, yeah. If you give your players stuff. half a chance, they'll do half of your job for you as, as a DM. So. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, it's actually all all of these things are really really good for mentoring. So mm -hmm. I I had, I had made a or, or, or you know kind of shared my my personal story mm -hmm. about you know starting passive and then becoming more engaged and more engaged and then engaging my players as I became the dungeon master. Mm -hmm. In my group, I had somebody who was very shy last year take up dungeon mastering for the first time. Nice. Right? Which is great for me personally because now I can play in his mm -hmm. sessions and he plays in my sessions. And so we're we're playing Starfinder and 
we're doing it mission style. So we've got mm-hmm. a bank of 20 characters and we run it mission. Okay. So, you know, I, we pull down whoever's, whoever's available to commit to Scott's game. We'll play with Scott. And then whoever's available for my game, we'll, we'll, we'll play with my game. Um, and it's been really great. And then I had another player recently say, you know what? I'm going to write a one shot over the summer. And mm-hmm. in the fall, I want to take you guys through a, uh, you know, something like Castle Ravenloft, but just a part of it, right? Like mm-hmm. a you know, right. masquerade ball kind of a thing. Right. And, and then okay. a mystery and it's, and it's over, you know, two sessions max, right? Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. And this guy I've been playing with since 2004. And this is the first time that he's like stepped up and says, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I want to take you guys through something, right? Which is, which is really good. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely a, a testament to uh, what you said there is, you know, just getting the players in, invested initially in all of, using all of these tips is going to ultimately kind of teach them how to do it themselves. Um, and I think we all, at, you you know, you got some quotes from people on Twitter here. I've used stuff from our my experience. You talked about your previous DM or GM and kind of how that led you to, you know, take up the mantle yourself and i i think the kind of the lesson to be learned there is that you know the table tabletop rpg space and and community is uh incredibly collaborative and should always be viewed as such right so we're all always learning from each other you know i'm going online and finding traps and stuff there or you know puzzles that i want to put into my game or you know i'm talking with people over twitter about you know, certain aspects of how do I, you know, get my players a little bit more invested in this particular adventure or in this, you know, I want to try these things uh, in my game. Has anyone ever done that before? What was your results? How did that work out for you? Right. So um, a- absolutely. It's a, you know, a collaborative community that we're a part of here. And I, again, that's kind of the purpose behind the show as well is to kind of impart some of that uh, that wisdom and wisdom in quotes and uh, experience to our, our listeners as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Speaking of wisdom, don't you think the wisdom score is like the emotion quotient instead of like IQ? It's the EQ. Uh, yeah, that's that's a fair uh, assessment. I'd say for sure, um, I, which I think is why it's used for like you know insight or sense motive and three five and uh, so forth there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Christian, I know that you uh, have, as, as you mentioned earlier, you kind of used this past year to work on a, kind of a personal project there. Seems like the a little bit of the drive there is, is engagement as well and kind of keeping people uh, invested um, in, in the game. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about how that came about and, sure. and kind of what you've been up to most recently with that? Sure. So <clears throat> it's actually... Uh... About ten years, I've been thinking about this app, and I've mm-hmm. been and I've been waiting for. I mean, I looked at Sirenscape, and it's a game master tool. I don't want a mm-hmm. game master tool. I want a tool for players. Mm-hmm. I, I want a tool, uh, a sound tool that the players can use to increase their engagement, their immersion. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I talked my wife into uh, funding this uh this project so it's called my sound elf and it's a it's a it's an app for sound effects only mm-hmm. there's enough amp awesome ambient options out there i just wanted mm-hmm. sound effects right so our sound effects 
not one is longer than I, I don't have any that go up to nine seconds. So like eight seconds is like my max, right? Okay. So which mm-hmm. I'm I'm already extending out, and I don't want everybody to think that they're all that way. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like I had to draw a line somewhere, and mm-hmm. and like bardic music is the hardest one to like you know get a sample of something that's that's mm-hmm. enchanting or inspiring or whatever. It needs to tell a story, and 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 I know I know that one turn is six seconds. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've yeah. got if the verbal component of a spell is six seconds, with the result, man, that that's pretty short. Like here's prayer. Uh, it's just one 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 example in our sound effect. Okay. Echtun tosto open santanai. That's that's longer than six seconds, right? To get mm-hmm. your the, the verbal component out there as well as the um, the actual spell effect. Mm-hmm. But other things are are pretty quick, right? Like mm-hmm. the the actual here, you know, here's a holy longsword. So these are these are some things that a cleric of mine can do. Shine mm-hmm. in the light. There we go. Eighteen. He just did eighteen points of damage, right? Nice. So so I've got I've got you know. There's there's a couple things that that we've done in the in the app. So we've got an auto dice roller, but if you love your dice, and a lot of dice goblins out there don't like auto, you know, like electronic dice, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. got options for both. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can roll your die. Uh, boom, there you go. And uh, and so we've got critical, fumble, success, failure, and mm-hmm. the way that we did our sound effect app is unique in the sense that it's. Not just a straight story, right? So it's not mm-hmm. one sound. Mm-hmm. We've got almost two thousand sounds in our library. Wow. Okay. From spells, phrases, um, foley, critical mm-hmm. fumble, and so you put them together like a puzzle, just like your character is is okay. a puzzle. Yeah. And so you've got an action. So I just played that shine in the light, and then you heard like hitting a flesh. Mm-hmm. But here's an example of when it fumbles. Mm. Shine in the light. He dropped his blade, and that, that's just a, that's just <laughs> yeah. a choice that I made, right? Mm-hmm. And so right. there's so many different choices that somebody can make using our app, uh, and it's a lot of fun. And I hope it comes across, you know, decently. We're we're zooming and uh, mm-hmm. and and recording, and so. You know, quality over over this uh, bandwidth is not as great as in person, but it's just a lot of fun to express mm-hmm. what your character can do. And I will tell you, when you look at what your character sheet says and it's all written down, versus looking at an app that mm-hmm. has an icon for everything mm-hmm. that your character can do, mm-hmm. and that icon is an image of your choice. So it's very customizable. Okay. You nice. can also record your own voice. You can also okay. import unlimited sounds, right? Awesome. So, so yeah, I mean, just offering that much more customization. Exactly. You know, they can pull whatever sound effects from online that they want to use, and you know, put them on onto the app there, or they yes. can use your your backlog. I mean, you said you have what two thousand plus sound effects. Like, obviously, they're it's going to cover a lot, but right. just in the event that oh well, you know, I I want. My, I want the character voice to sound a certain way. So let me, I don't have that option here. Let me record it myself or find it online or something. Exactly. So, That's yeah. exactly correct. That's um, awesome. Yeah. We hired some video game and audio book voice actor talent 
Okay. Uh, I awesome. spent a ton of money. So we've got some <laughs> we've got some really, really great like this one. Give the nickel shoulder. You know, um mm. there's just a lot in there. And not everybody's comfortable with with you know, like you said, um fun voices. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to be able to give somebody some options that are less comfortable. Anyway, check it out. We are my sound delve. Uh, you'll be we'll be in the show notes and uh it it's we give 90 something sounds for free right now okay. we're ad free although um we're working on having an ad banner not not to like advertise todd you know pods or anything like that or, but mm-hmm. but podcasts that use us okay streamers yeah. that use us so i want to mm-hmm. use that as a cross promotional so that's okay. coming awesome yeah and um yeah it's fun it's free to try and so give it a shot. And I think you'd like it. Yeah, I actually I had the chance to uh, to take a look at it uh, when you had initially had initially reached out to the show here to you know talk about doing some collaboration. I'm like, oh well, let's just let me take a look and see you know what what's uh, here. And um, yeah, I mean even just the the free version offers a ton of customized uh, customizable options. And I was able to like you you have kind of the set like oh here's an attack or here's a spell and and so forth there mm. that. Um, comes put together automatically but i also had a lot of fun just kind of poking around and be like oh well i'm going to use this voice and this attack here and just kind of turn that into an action and oh now it's a thing and i can just click on the button and all of that happens together yeah um so yeah really really neat and i i, I highly encourage our uh our players here or our, our players our listeners here to uh to check it out uh and and try and use it you know for for their own games there and i i especially like that you uh, wanted to make something that is more uh, player focused because there are there are a ton of apps out there that the DMs can use. And yeah, there are like character sheet apps and dice rolling apps and stuff like that. But I hadn't really seen anything, you know, quite like this before where, you know, I can I can build my character and I have my own character sheet. And then I have all of these cool effects that I can pull um, to, you know, make a like sound effects for what I what my character is able to do here. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to uh, actually using this for uh, a Blade Singer character that I just made for my game that I'm a player in on, on Monday nights. Because um, now we're actually we, we had been playing Cyberpunk for a while, but we're switching back to D&D now after uh, a stint away from it. Um, so yeah, I'm actually going to have the chance to use this as a player for that table. So I'm very excited for that. Awesome. Um, if you need any, any, uh, assistance that, that I'm, I'm a resource for you. <laughs> yeah, and that's absolutely. for anybody, anybody reach out to me, uh, you know, that. my sound elf, uh, mm-hmm. on, on Twitter, DM me, uh, mm-hmm. and I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll blow you up, uh, with, <laughs> with best for practice sure. suggestions. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be sure to uh, to reach out to you if I have any any questions about that in particular. But highly encourage all of our listeners to uh, to do the same here. Right on. Um, yeah. Thanks. Well, Christian, we've we've talked a lot about different uh, things for player engagement and given a lot of tools for the DMs and GMs that listen to us here, and some tips for players as well. Um, I guess you know before we kind of wrap things up. Um, do you have any sort of parting words of advice, or maybe uh, you know? Uh, a couple of sentences to summarize our uh, wisdom that we're, we're doling out here to our listeners. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I've come from a place of, of scarcity 
right? Mm-hmm. So I, I mentioned early on, right? So quality versus quantity. And so if your if your quantity is short, you want your quality high. If you want your players to, you know, not, you know, if you're struggling with scheduling, okay, think about alternatives, right? So I, I had made the made the, 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 the group choice of if there's limited characters, then mm-hmm. other people are going to play, and they're going to play your character, and they're going to mm-hmm. make some choices. It happened last week. Somebody couldn't join, and their character died. So <laughs> it happens. Well, I mean, we resurrected, but you know, okay. uh, it, it happens. Um, and so, but don't you know? Don't be afraid to to you know wrap your arms around around your group, make a group dynamic, brand mm-hmm. them, love them, and <laughs> give them give them choice. Right, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Is you know everybody has a safe place to express their choices, and and that's a yeah. great great way to to to, to uh, game master. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, um, I would just say you know for my part to kind of add add on top of that, um, just sort of in in general, you know, communication here seems to be super super vital. Right, as the DM, as a player, you want to have a place where everyone is able to communicate um, and you as the GM or GM should be able to ask your players about what it is that they're enjoying or the things that stuck out to them. If you have a player tell you that, oh, they had a really good time with this session, you know, ask like, okay, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for saying that. What was it that really stuck out to you about that session? You know, so I can do that again. Right. Um, and I think, for a, a GM to, you know, take kind of take notes right on what your players enjoy and what they seem to be engaged with and then mm-hmm. just have more of those things in your game. Um, you can use all of our tips today. You can use little or none of them. But if you, you take anything away, I think that's kind of the key. There is, you know, whatever it is that works best for your players, do that. Uh, and keep doing that until you have their undivided attention all the time, essentially, <laughs> right? Yes. So, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, yep. again, thank you so much, Christian. And I know you kind of already uh, let the, the people know, the listeners know, you know, how to get in contact with you and how to check out the app. But I do want to just kind of give you the you know grounds here before we wrap up entirely to, you know, if there's any other ways to get in contact with you or anything you want the player, our listeners to look out for, you know, this is your, your space here. So cool. Um, what you got? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I try to keep things uh, my sound elf. So if you type in mm-hmm. my sound elf, we're the only one out there, right? It's, yeah, <laughs> just like Google, it's the only thing that says Google. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so that's us. And um, you know, we're we're on Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Tw- I'm mostly on Twitter. My wife is on those other things. We're totally mm-hmm. independent and uh, just trying to trying to grow it. And it's free. It's fun. It's free. Uh, and then we do monthly updates of new sounds. And, uh, you know, this next uh, June is going to be Android, like cyborg sounds Ooh, nice. and uh, and some more technology spells because I'm a big Starfinder mm-hmm. uh, player. So I want sounds in there. I mean, we got Starship battle sounds. I mean, it's nice. It's it's so much fun. And I, and I will say just one last thing. When you are not seeing someone roll a die mm-hmm. and you hear their sounds you don't need to see the results because it's pretty evident, Mm -hmm. right? It's pretty evident whether they were successful or, or, or a failure. So it's fun. Give it a shot. Awesome. Thanks. 
Yeah. Um, and again, thank you so much for, for coming on to the show today. It's been uh, it's excellent chatting with you here. And I'm sure our listeners greatly appreciate all of you, the wisdom that you've imparted to them. And hopefully they can use, you know, any or all of this uh, in their own uh, games in the future as well. Um, so, yeah. Thanks again, Christian. Appreciate um, it. Good luck, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to all of our listeners out there, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode here today. Um, definitely uh, give Christian a, a shout out here uh, and you know let him know what you think of the app. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, best way to reach me is going to be over on Twitter at 19 hits the dragon. Um, you can also reach me via Gmail uh, if you want to communicate more uh in a, in a longer sense, I should say, um, rather than just uh, you know, characters. 100, yeah, 120 characters or 140, whatever it is for tweets. Um, anyway, uh, you can reach me over on Gmail at 19 hits the dragon at gmail.com as well. Um, but also the best way to get in touch with me or to let us know what you, you thought of uh, the show is, as always, to leave you know comments, ratings, reviews. Uh, tell 19 of your closest friends. Uh, do whatever you can wherever you get your podcast. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you all next time when 19 hits the dragon. Bye-bye.